Hello and welcome to Loopholes, episode 31. That's three and one for your records. Three and one, in that order. I'm Ian Bosworth. Hello there. And I'm Kate Cheryl. Hello. And today we have a very exciting episode because we're going to be reading out a load of comments right at the beginning <laughs> that are going to fill the episode pretty much and I'll have to edit it all down so we can fit in the thing we're talking about. But thank you very much for all your comments <laughs> and thank you very much for completely ignoring me last week when I said keep them short. <laughs> Pretty much universally ignored. <laughs> yeah, well, people have a lot to say. <laughs> okay, well, should we get through them straight away? Yes, let's crack on. Okay, I'm doing mine first. Jeremy Light is the first one. I clean up and pass along a cow skull to Kate, but it looks like it'd be much easier to find a UK-based farmer rather than having to import the skull from me in the US. Our animals are also bred polled so they don't grow horns. Either that or dehorned to protect against animals hurting each other or us. I assume that you're looking for a horn skull as it would be a more interesting <laughs> piece. So somebody there already all over it realised that you're more likely to go for the horny stuff that you are for the stuff that <laughs> is well, hornless. It's a common misconception with me, um, yeah. but I'm, I'm not bothered about the horn. Do you accept his Jedi mind trick? He said, I'd clean it up and do it. But it looks like it'd be easier for the UK. So he's essentially yeah, waved his hand and said, you don't need has. a skull off me. Yeah, yeah. This isn't the skull you're looking for. This is, if you don't know what we're on about, this is... Ah, ah, ah. This is the, uh, Jeremy from last week who was a cow farmer. He farmed cows, killed them. Kill, it seemed like he was killing cows a lot. <laughs> from what he was saying himself. And uh, immediately when Kate heard that, she said, please, can you send me a dead cow's head, please? Yeah, you That's see... The, <laughs> it's the sort of person you're dealing with there. Yeah, you see, I'd, I'd push through. I can be tenacious. But when yeah. you're talking about US import charges, you just have to say that, mate, and the deal's off. Would you have to pay import charges on a dead cow's head? Actually, that's a good point. Can you legally <laughs> is do it? that? Can you send a, a cow's skull or like remains from a living yeah. thing through mm-hmm. the post? Is you should allowed? be able to. Yeah, yeah, as long as they're not protected species or right. ivory or anything like that. What about human remains? Uh, human remains, I think you can send internationally, but the laws vary from country to country. Well, no, I find it when I sell stuff on Etsy that it's now quite a hoop-jumping exercise, a big rigmarole. We mm-hmm. have to tell them what you've sold, who you've sold it to, blah, 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 blah. And I wondered if that might cause an awkward situation for Jeremy going to the post office... With a cow head. Yeah, with a big cow head wrapped in brown paper and then loads of gaffer (laughs) tape round it. (laughs) With your address on the front and a big sign that says May Leap. (laughs) I'm sure they've got protocol in place for that. It must happen all the time. Thanks anyway, Jeremy. Appreciate the sort of the the passive rejection stroke offer that you've given there. Yeah, see how it is. See how it is, Jeremy. Aaron Hick, loving loopholes, managed to smash through them all in the past six weeks. However, we've smashed through them all in the past 31 weeks. However, I can't believe during the time slips discussion, Gary Sparrow wasn't brought up. Maybe Goodnight Sweetheart is to time slips as Ghostbusters is to the paranormal. It just it never crossed my mind. I think I used to be quite unsettled by Goodnight Sweetheart. I never watched it. I don't. I don't really know anything about it. It was Nick Lindhurst, wasn't it? It was. In yeah. It. That's pretty much all I know about it. It was a two-timing time traveller. Right. Spooks Malloy, an excellent show. We'll keep the comments shorter. Is it time for Bigfoot? <laughs> no. Not no. <laughs> No, it's never time for Bigfoot. <laughs> we'll get more cryptids in. And by we, I mean I will push for more cryptids, don't worry. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's nothing really to say about Bigfoot, is there? I mean, I've certainly said plenty about it. Yeah, in my there's life so many already. other things. Bigfoot's just, you know, Bigfoot is the Beyonce of the cryptid world. That was quite a bold start to a sentence that you just did, where you said Bigfoot's just. <laughs> and I, I was looking forward to seeing what what is Bigfoot just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sorry, Spooks. I'm not so sure. And by and well done, by the way, Spooks. Well done. I'm nearly writing a haiku. You were just so one close. syllable out. You were one <laughs> syllable out from a haiku there. I suspect, Spooks, you think you have done a haiku. I suspect you thought you could slip in a haiku, and you haven't, because your last line of the haiku was six syllables. <laughs> Nothing gets past me, Spooks. Nothing. Ryan Carter, the mention of time slips reminds me of an incident. Here's a little essay from Ryan, by the way. <laughs> reminds me of an incident I heard about online telling of Rudolph Fence, a man who was found in Times Square in New York City in the 1950s dressed like someone from the 19th century. He was stumbling around confused and in a panic before being hit by a car and killed. (laughs) On his person were a number of items that further suggested he was from the past as well, including old banknotes and documents. They found out his name from a business card on him, which was apparently the same name as a man who had suddenly disappeared in 1876. It's a captivating tale that has been spread around in books and articles about the paranormal before even the internet. But of course, very simple research indicates that this supposed incident originated with a short story called I'm Scared by Jack Finney, which was published in 1951. You really can just take fiction and say it happened and people will run with it. Yeah, I've heard that repeated so many times. When reality's too dull, whack a couple of uh, subplots in it and you're sorted. Yeah, but also, uh, speaking of what Ryan was saying, that story, like if, that ha- if there hadn't been an explanation for that story, which there obviously is one, but if there hadn't been one, it's not ridiculous that someone would be walking around in olden days clothes, adopting a different personality. <laughs> and You know, people are so into... Oh, especially not today. Vintage stuff and so into yeah. ephemera from the olden days that that's plausible, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, some days if you stop me in the street, by definition, that'd make me a early 19th century widow by half the stuff I well, carry then you around should, in I'll tell you what you should do, and I might do the same thing as well, is you should carry around a note in your pocket that's really cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday, must meet, you know, sort of something like that. Urgent, very scared. Like, something like that. Something yeah. bizarre on a note that you just carry around. I mean, I say that. I've had medication recently where I was meant to carry a note around with me to say I was on it, and I didn't for eight <laughs> weeks. <laughs> you know, when a, when a family member died several years ago, my mum and I had to go through, um, like, her house and all of her possessions, and we kept finding... Sorry, surely you're not suggesting that I had anything to do with this <laughs> How could I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't believe I was even in the country. Well, we kept finding these little scraps of paper, Mm. like in books, in her wallet, like they'd clearly been troubling her. And it just said, cobblers to Pope. And I I love it. But in reality, I've just got to settle my head and think I'm 99% sure it was a cryptic crossword clue that she just couldn't get. Kyle Griffiths, a fun flaw with the general relativity explanation is that whilst time is indeed non-linear and time-stroke multi-universe travel is supposedly a theoretical possibility in black holes and realistically only in black holes, they're forgetting... (laughs) (laughs) And I've gone. (laughs) I was trying really hard to focus then. They're forgetting about a small complication called spaghettification. What I'd like to know is whether there are any cases of Victorians 
being startled by piles of bloody spaghetti exploding into existence out of nowhere. Because if so, there may be something in this after all. When you say what I'd like to know, Kyle, do you mean, are you coming to us as experts? <laughs> well, my question is this. For you to know all about spaghetti appearing out of nowhere. Have you heard about that spaghetti thing? Um, well, in in my studies of the 19th century, mm. I must say I haven't come across too many instances of sudden bloody spaghetti piles. Does Kyle mean that it was bloody as in that the spaghetti was bloody? Or does he mean bloody spaghetti? I think that might have been a little bit of bad language in there. Do you think so? Do you think yeah, he's yeah, been yeah. a bit of a rough lad? <laughs> spaghetti is in inverted commas, but bloody isn't. So I feel like Kyle was just being, like, common. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. That's what I think was going on there. Bloody spaghetti. Eh? Because it's like the previous comment, Ryan. He says, eh? Right at the end of his comment. You really can just take fiction and say it happened and people will run with it, eh? Yeah, bloody (laughs) spaghetti, eh? (laughs) I think loopholes is uh, turning into, like, a sort of a a, a rough bus stop. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd heard something about that spaghetti thing, or maybe, but maybe I'm confusing it with... Do you remember when they reported about spaghetti trees when April Fool? It be before yes. you were born this. Back yeah. in the olden days. Um, and maybe I'm thinking of that. Isn't it when people are pulled into black holes, like the tidal forces make them like spaghetti? I don't know. I struggled to finish Back to the Future Part 2. Right, okay. So why I'd go along with all this time travel science talk is anyone's guess. Okay. I'd like to travel in time to the future when I've bothered to read it properly. Will Lee, <laughs> loving loopholes. I'm not being seriously angry, Kyle. Will Lee could be layer that. Loving loopholes, it's like a breath of normal air when the rest of the world stinks like a chicken farm. Time slips, however, are so daft an idea that I've had to take up smoking again. Thankfully, this means that I've got a fag packet on which to do my sums. Slipping up and down the dimension of time really falls apart when we remember that here and now is a point in four dimensions. We all know that the galaxy is moving both rotationally and directionally and doing it quite fast. The policeman who nits back to the 50s, this is the story you told about Bowl Street in Liverpool last week, to look at some dresses might well have done that, but unless he also moved in space, he would have found himself at least 340 billion miles away from Earth. Anyway, lovely show. Thank you, Will. I think we need a blackboard, don't we? we really <laughs> I need diagrams do. here. This can't be done with yeah. words. I need diagrams. Yeah. With people I need lots of string. Do lines yeah. and go, this is this plane, this is this plane. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Coates has had a lot of fun catching up with the podcast uh, and says, studying black holes and stuff was, until recently, my profession. Oh. I can tell you that the vast majority of physicists who work in general relativity and related fields believe in the idea of strong cosmic censorship, which is basically that wherever general relativity says time travel can happen, it is wrong. We already know that the general relativity cannot describe all of nature, and there are a bunch of quite technical reasons to suspect that the cases with time travel are, well, suspect. It is also worth noting... Oh, you sound like you're in court, Andrew. It is also worth noting that all the examples involve large amounts of types of very weird matter we have no reason to believe exists, or in very special and unrealistic cases, like in universes where there is, always has been, and always will be, a single black hole and nothing else. The abuse of quantum mechanics and electromagnetism is maybe a topic for another time. You did ask for shorter comments. Sorry. (laughs) 
Well, at least there's some lovely manners there. There are some exceptional manners there. And to be honest with you, I don't mind that being a longer comment because, I mean, you and I were speaking about it only last night. We were having a chat on the phone about this, that the abuse of quantum mechanics and electromagnetism or mangantism, as as this former... Black hole studier has written. It's frankly getting out of control. It really, it really is. is. It's, it's gone past the joke, hasn't it? That's the oh. problem with it. It's gone past the joke now. Well, it's it's broken Britain, isn't it? I haven't got a clue of most of the words that Andrew said. I've not got really got much idea about what that meant. No. But it sounded like it was on my side. It's exciting to have clever <laughs> listeners, isn't it? Someone that yeah. really yeah. smashed through their GCSEs. <laughs> but it leaves you open to abuse that, though, because because sometimes you can be either insulted or somebody can play a trick on you. You know, mm. like earlier on with the haiku, with the haiku attempt. Yes. <laughs> There's no way, by the way, that wasn't a haiku attempt. No way. I'm confident of it. To get one syllable out, I don't accept. Yeah. And it was written on three lines as well. Yeah, it leaves you wide open, that does. And it doesn't affect me, that, because I'm not on telly, but you're on telly, aren't you? You're on really at the moment. I am. Program. I am. Doing me ghosty is business. That a, is, that, is that a proper channel that really one? Is that one that like everyone can get that? I think so. It's, it's a preview channel. What? So on... In the UK. If you go and buy a telly, you have, you've got five buttons. It's BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, Channel Four, and really, is it? Well, no. <laughs> As in, most tellies now have more yeah. than five channels without having to buy Sky and all that sort of stuff. Okay, so if somebody has just an ordinary telly from the olden days, they'd have to move the coat anger around quite a lot at the top to pick up, really, would they? I think if you're using one of those old cathode ray TVs, just yeah. ev- everything will look like a ghost hunting show, so just enjoy it. Dan Norton, Cult Meatloaf. I lost a family member a few years ago who went younger than they should, and I've caught myself... Speaking of the phrase went younger than they should. I'm not doubting that in this case, but that is trotted out, that phrase, isn't it? Whenever mm. anybody's away, or they they were younger, they, it wasn't their time yet or whatever. What's the cut-off point for that, just out of interest? What do you reckon would be an age where yeah, people stop I, saying that? I think about this a lot, really. I think it changes generationally, doesn't it? I think it keeps going up incrementally. So at yeah. the minute, personally, I'd put my cut-off point in the 80s, Ugh. but... I'm sorry. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to keep on for a bit longer. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> so, what was it like in olden days? Would they be going, "Oh, twelve? That's no age." <laughs> <laughs> well, probably. Well, life expectancy has increased over the centuries, hasn't yeah. it? Because of developments in healthcare and sanitation and access yeah. to all of that. So they're probably just being nice, aren't they? When they say that, I, I probably shouldn't be overanalyzing it. It's probably just something nice to say to add to the grief. <laughs> Well, the average age expectancy in the UK is 80.9 years. Across the board? Well, if we're going to be really, really precise, 83 is a woman in the UK. Right. Anyway, back to Dan. Sorry, Dan. Um, I've caught myself a few times thinking of them still being around. I had always assumed it was to do with me now living away from the whole family and not having been back to visit since. Always thought that the next time I did visit and experience being around the family without them there, that my mind would kind of fix itself and stop trying to refer to them as still being alive. It's definitely a comfort to know that it is something a lot of people go through regardless of being able to attend funerals or be in situations that would normally have involved the person. I haven't visited many graves, but my bestest one was James Dean. To keep this short-ish... I won't go into my thoughts on time slips and we'll just say I hope everyone manages to get enough Goodnight Sweetheart references into their comments to see us through next week. Just two on mine. <laughs> have you had any 
goodnight sweetheart references. Uh, there's a there's a great paucity of goodnight sweetheart in my comments, I'm afraid. I do think that is a... I mean, I guess... I, th- I think it's a common thing. Like, you and I both said it's a common thing to think of someone, oh, I must call so-and-so, oh, and yeah. then you remember that they're away. Yeah. But again, yeah. you you and I aren't, aren't representative of the entire world. No, so. thankfully. But I'm pretty sure it is a common thing, that. I've heard enough people say that. Yeah. It, it's like keeping people's phone numbers long after they've gone. Yeah. It's it's just a sort of habit that you no one ever really dies in your mind. You just store that information elsewhere. I, I sort of wish that I could have been cold enough to delete numbers and things like that. I don't know. I got very good... After, after my grandma was the first person to die that I knew who died, mm. and she died on the twenty eighth of March, nineteen eighty nine, and I hate that I know that just yeah. immediately. I hate it, and because of that, because of the upset of that, and you know, it was a few years before anybody else died. I made it a a, a solemn promise to myself that whenever I dealt with a death, whenever somebody died, I would not remember the date of it. Mm. that I would make sure I didn't remember the date. Yeah. And a similar thing happened. I might have said this on Loopholes before. When I was uh, I was with my grandma when she died, it was a horrible experience. Yes. But yeah. we, we got to the hospital. Um, I mean, I think she was pretty much away before we got to the hospital. You know, in the ambulance, I'm pretty sure mm. is when it happened. But when I was in the waiting room of the hospital, Wuthering Heights was playing mm-hmm. the Kate Bush song. And that's just forever melded with that time where I sat as a, let's be honest, a kid, a, a teenager in a situation that he couldn't cope with. I mean, I wouldn't be able to cope with it now, but couldn't cope with it certainly then. And being on my own, because my granddad was coming in a car separately, and it, it that song really went in. Not the lyrics, mm. I, I couldn't tell you what the lyrics are, but the, but the attachment to that song, to that moment, yeah. It it still upsets me now if I catch it if you know if, if it just is playing when I walk past a building site. Yeah. <laughs> you know like I do. Yes. <laughs> you know when I'm parading around the parish. <laughs> <laughs> if there are some commoners on a building site yeah. with their radio phone playing rather loudly. <laughs> it would upset me then it does yeah. it, it's knackered me that song. Yeah, no or I rather I that moment has knackered that, yeah. that song. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think a lot of people relate to that. I just try not to have I, like I almost go into a kind of a, a sort of a lockdown mode, mm. where I, I won't take anything on. I won't watch any television, listen to any radio. Won't do anything that might just attach itself, limp it like yeah. to this horrible memory. And the and dates is the first one. I make sure I don't know what the date is. Never look. I think that's wise. Sometimes it's impossible. Like sometimes someone will die on your birthday or whatever. Or like my dad died on an awkward day, so it's difficult to forget mm. what day he died because of where it fell in the calendar. But other than that, yeah. How are your comments looking? Well, Annette Truby says, there seems to be a certain credibility afforded to time slips and glitches in the Matrix by those who are very sceptical of ghosts, etc., but still open to the esoteric. I think it's due to the pseudoscience that surrounds these events. Um, think yeah, I think she's got a point. But also, I I think there's a lot to be said for those sort of like clickable articles that are always like lists of time travellers, things like that that are easily shared. Yeah. I think I've got a lot to yeah. answer for. Well, no, no, they've not. <laughs> oh, okay. People that click them have a lot to answer for. <laughs> yeah. Why would you click it? Why would you? Why? <laughs> Why would you think? 
Because but you weren't to know. immediately just infecting your computer with all manner of stuff. Well, you need to know if a hipster was at a 1940s speedway. You just have to know. But you don't need to know that. And you don't need to see celebrities' most awkward photos. And you don't need to see what <laughs> so-and-so looks like now. It's like, stop being stupid. <laughs> um, I guess this would, like, prove conclusively, if we go by our naturals, that I'm mm. definitely not swayed by any of it then because I'm I've no stop with ghosts and I've no. no stop with this nonsense either I've no <laughs> stop with anything no you don't I've really no do. stop with nice things no. <laughs> no no I really don't I'm a very closed down and closed off man yes yeah but you can yeah. still enjoy things I always Just... do on my own yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> quietly yeah um, Sophie Cleverly said I'm completely with you on the funerals thing most of the ones I've been to were really traumatic I actually didn't go to my grandma's funeral when I was younger due to anxiety and I'd say it actually helped if I had the choice I'd probably never go to one again and yes I do say that as someone who writes a series of books set in an undertaker's um, she does and they're wonderful wow imagine using such an emotive issue to self promote <laughs> can, can you imagine oh the... don't so the, forgive me for saying this, the balls on you, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, I hear that. I, I totally hear that. I don't think I ever found any funeral traumatic as such. Mm. But I don't know. There's something about the. It, and maybe it's the display thing. I think we probably come at it from different places, myself and Sophie. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I think it might be the, the discomfort with the display of it. But I appreciate mm. that for plenty of people funerals would be traumatic that they would yeah. be that yeah and interestingly sophie said that if i had the choice i was like you absolutely do you do have the choice but you i do, guess but you've, you've just got to weigh up yeah there's there's a lot to be said for get. familial pressure isn't there in these sorts of situations yes completely well? there yeah. there is but there's also a lot to be said for just saying no <laughs> yes <laughs> There is. No, no. Empower no, yourself not. in times of grief. That's the one thing we should push. Yeah. You know, when you're feeling particularly robust, then yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, that's not what this is about. Come on, buy Sophie's books. <laughs> Do it. They're really good. I am just um, teasing, by the way. Yeah. Um, she said that she also had a time slip in Greece once. Oh, yeah. We, t- <laughs> we turned a corner and there were all these World War II soldiers with guns at a checkpoint. It was genuinely quite freaky, but it turns out that we'd in fact walked onto the set of Captain Corelli's Mandolin and we spent the rest of the holiday Nicolas Cage spotting. <laughs> well, there we go. That's an exciting outcome, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well done, Sophie. I'm glad you had an exciting part of your holiday. And what's the rest of Sophie's comment, does she say? And then we got back to the airport and, oh, what should I see in the WH Miss but my <laughs> books? <laughs> That are for sale. Nathan Locke says, I think I time slipped a disc once. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, is that Nathan's comment? Yeah. More of this, please. Yes, thank you. Nathan. More of that, please. Um, comment, laugh, move on. Yes. Uh, PJ says, I grew up with Fraggle Rock and Round the Twist. What can I say? I like lighthouses. How could I not love Google? I mean, how could I not love sharing all the stuff I studied in academic papers about lighthouses? All right. So this is when I said about PJ might be a lighthouse expert. Yeah. But is is this a double bluff? Is PJ just a bit, like, embarrassed about their knowledge? I don't know. 
I'll TBC on that, I think. Okay. I'm trying to think if somebody who was a lighthouse expert would make the joke that they just watched Fraggle Rock when they were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I think maybe they would because they would yeah. be confident enough to make that yeah. joke. Whereas I think if somebody was insecure about their knowledge about something, they wouldn't necessarily say <laughs> the Fraggle Rock thing. But I think if it was just someone who was just writing little random facts to a podcast, then potentially... Yeah. <laughs> well, PJ P- isn't necessarily a, light, a lighthouse expert. <laughs> well, PJ goes on to say, uh, forward time slips would be interesting, a premonition in real life. I wonder if Goog, I mean the research papers, have records of that. Actually, scrub yeah. that. It's going to lead to that Drake equation thing. Brackets. They think aliens are time travellers from the future. What about stone tape theory? That's interesting and fairly Drake-proof. I think we should probably cover we, stone tape at some point, if we haven't already. Have we, have we not already? Did we not discuss it? I think it? we might have We've touched on it. we discussed it a bit, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind of I'm the idea I'm happy to that... do another episode on the Drake yeah. equation, really, because I'm an expert on it. Oh, well, you never shut up about it, do you? I'll need a week to go away and Google what it was again. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't let the curtain slip. Hazel Quinlan says, I think funeral culture is very different here in Ireland compared to the UK. I've gone to lots of funerals for people I've never even met. Fran's grandparents or colleagues, parents, etc. So often I don't associate funerals with a feeling of loss myself, but as a way of supporting and showing up for someone who is grieving. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, that is a big I, difference. I, I, it, it is, and I don't like to be cynical about that, because mm. I actually don't feel cynical about that, weirdly. It, no. it, it's a... A, th- a thing that you perhaps would expect me to be cynical about, maybe. I mean, I've known people in my life, and I bet you have as well. Mm. In fact, I would actually posit a guess that you perhaps have been one of these people at some point in your life, church-going life, yeah. who who will go to the funeral at the drop of a hat whether they know the person or oh, not. Oh, God, no. Or if they have a tenuous thing. Have you not? No, I thought no, maybe you would have been God, like that. No, God, no. Maybe no, in your no, teenage no, no. years, you'd have been that girl that always turned up at the funerals. <laughs> that really surprises me. That you didn't just go random funerals. Really surprises me. Yeah, I'm I'm not like a, a grief hound. <laughs> no, I just I thought I, I thought you'd have been like well, I mean when you were a little girl, like maybe like six or seven or whatever, I can yeah. imagine you just being dropped off <laughs> at the church. <laughs> yeah. At your local church. In your yeah. little like morning dress and stuff, with a little maybe a posy, just a single posy. <laughs> Oh, I wish that was true. And you'd be like, I, I would have thought people would would still be talking about you as if you were a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> you were always at that funeral. Um, I have known a lot of people who will go to the funeral, even with the Vegas connection, or often oh, people who don't yeah. know, at the drop of a hat. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to be cynical about it, isn't it? Because it, it's like, well, that's just a... I suppose it's a nice thing to do, I suppose. Really? Yeah, I suppose culturally there's a big difference between maybe doing that in England and doing that in Ireland. Yes, yeah. Whereas it, it does seem to be a very community support-driven thing in Ireland. Whereas in England, a lot of it, if you're going to so many funerals of people you don't know, yeah, it's just a signal that you really like a good buffet. Oh, but not so much that. I think beyond the buffet, though, there are, mm. there are maybe folk who quite like sad things. I don't know, who, you know, kind of ironically come alive within those yeah like putting themselves into the middle of something important yeah yeah potentially i don't know but i'm not i'm i'm not wishing to be cynical about it at all i I think it's a unless you're doing selfies from it you know what i mean it's that's a 
different matter, mm. but... Oh, well, plenty do, don't they, nowadays? Especially with the open casket funerals. Yeah, loads. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Last selfie with Nana. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've seen loads. Yeah. Seriously. Oh. oh, do you remember a few weeks ago I said that TikTok and Twitter would be the end of civilization, end of the world? Oh, we've we've gone past it, mate. We've gone so far past it. Uh, no, whatever, whoever or whatever is left over when this race is wiped out completely, will be able to analyse this and go, what, yeah. what on earth? <laughs> Ironically, what on earth was happening here? Yeah. yeah, oh, it's grim, isn't it? Callum McCarthy says, I wonder if some of the people that experienced a time slip actually just wandered into a museum. <laughs> Beamish can be very convincing if you ignore the other punters and card machines. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, ditto what I said about the like vintage shops and things like that. You could, you could, because I mentioned bygone times, didn't I? Which is a like a, it's a theme park in Chorley. Yeah. <laughs> theme is, park of tat. It's just it's just essentially a huge thrift store. I think the Americans call it. Well, it's just, more like an antiquey junky place, isn't it? Well, what's thrift then? What would thrift be? The thrift would be like charity shops. Same gig, really. It's got a bit of everything, hasn't it? Oh, it has got a bit of everything, yeah. There's not much there that's super expensive in terms of the actual volume of stuff. So it's a very small percentage of stuff that's in there that's daft expensive. Oh, yeah. They'll have, like, a £1 or a 50p postcard next to a £25,000 French Rococo desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but they're, they're kind of less ubiquitous within that let's be honest, aircraft hangar of a place. Yeah. <laughs> Today's podcast, by the way, is brought to you by Bygone Times. Oh, I'd love for them to sponsor us. There would be no point. What would the point of that be? Because sponsorship would be a benefit. So whilst they might give you cash to sponsor them, it's not yeah, like well, they're going to go and you can get discount, 75%. Free chips. You can't get a discount because they're all, they're all individual sellers, aren't they? They're just all under the same oh, umbrella. Chips, then. They do nice chips in the cafe. Let's do that. Yeah, but you've seen me haggling over Star Wars figures before, and there was nothing more depressing than saying to them, would they accept this? And I was saying, no, they've wrote on it. No offers at all for it. <laughs> no, but I, like, well, I Well, why have I flirted with you with <laughs> all this time? <laughs> which, which I did do, didn't I, with, with the, lady did. That had the, the lady that had the keys. <laughs> Who was so disinterested. Oh, she was charmed. I thought she was charmed. Oh, sure, she was charmed. I thought she was just disinterested, maybe, with with her job. She perked up when I got my money out, didn't she? She perked up then. Oh, yeah. And finally, Paul Kenny, in regards to the cow skull, I recently started metal detecting and keep finding skulls in the fields I'm detecting on. I found a fox and a cow skull only last month. If I find more, I'll bring them back. Yes, Paul, these are the type of comments we need. This is the weirdest way. Again, and fast forward 18 months to us in court, after you've gone missing, <laughs> someone's just come and got you from your house. Yeah. We've still not found you. There's a big inquest, and I'm having to stand there going, yeah, the thing was, she was giving her address out to everyone because they said they'd send her a dead cow skull. <laughs> Well, is it that's just such an exciting comment? Metal detecting skulls. You just have coppers going, I'm stopping looking. I'm stopping looking now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I, I find that really exciting. When I when I used to do some like field ecology work many moons ago, 
many a time I would end up in this random field in the middle of Wales and I'd find an entire sheep skeleton in a ditch. And while I should really be looking at dormouse tubes or looking under, looking for newts, I'll be there with a black bin bag getting bits of sheep carcass to take back to the car. God, you're, you're so hot. You're so hot. <laughs> I'm a catch. You know what, I mean? what can I say? Remember that, everyone, when you're watching Kate on Really on Jack Osborne's Haunted Homecoming. Remember that. Not only yeah. is she sassy and gazing into mirrors all the time, but... <laughs> She can also be found up to her knees in effluence in Wales, <laughs> dragging dead animals about the place. Oh, Whoa. Really dead as well. Welcome to <laughs> Loopholes, episode 31. <laughs> okay, well, we've been pretty death heavy over the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to lighten things up. With a little bit of a mystery. Okay, so just bear me a second, because I think I'm having a hot flush, because I'm just... <laughs> a bit, I, I want to keep this professional. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you thinking of me and my sheep carcass? Oh, Is that what's just, going on? Just thinking of all them bones. <laughs> and you with a load of Asda carrier bags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it was. <laughs> I once was. got, like, three sheep skulls and, like, a full carcass in several Asda carrier bags. Yeah, in my old bathroom, I did have... It was like a full spine and several skulls in a washing-up yeah. bowl in my tiny, tiny bathroom yeah. that I kept forgetting to tell visitors about and they'd just go to the loo, turn around, and there was like a dead sheep staring at them. Yeah. Yeah. Can you believe I you... ever had friends? <laughs> you really need to think about your career, you know? <laughs> Please. Don't need to think about my decor, though. That I have nailed down. <laughs> Hold some stuff back. Take it from me. No, no, nonsense, nonsense. Right, let's go back to 1971. Mm. Or 1972, depending on who you ask. Okay. Two boys are digging in their family's garden in Hexham, Northumberland. And they dig up two small stone heads... Yeah. So slightly smaller than a tennis ball, really rudimentary, sort of whittled type stone heads. Yeah, they weren't actual like human remains, these were they? No, 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 no. This isn't just me going, and they brought them into their house. Is that all right? Please look at my new display. <laughs> Get them in bleach. <laughs> so they found these two small stone heads. Now, later, these would be referred to as male and female. Right. And the female quite tellingly, would be described as being the hag and with wild, bulging eyes. Okay. Even though there's absolutely no reason for that at all. But there you go. There's the little feminist snipe for the uh, the episode. Right. Now, historians and archaeologists were fascinated by these little heads. They looked ancient. And so they were sent (laughs) off. They they love old stuff, them lot. (laughs) They they do. They They live for it, mate. Go on. (laughs) So what happened? So they sent them off to different um, archaeologists, different historians, and there were no conclusive findings about these heads, but they were fascinating. And one professional in particular, Dr Anne Ross, published loads about these heads, calling them Celtic artefacts, and they were generally regarded to be of great importance historically. Now, in the Hexham house... Where these heads were residing, where the little boys had dug them up, 
Is Hexham their name or is Hexham a place? Hexham's the place. Right, okay, okay. So the family were the Robsons and they had brought these little stone heads that they found in the garden into the house. And what happened then? Loads of paranormal stuff. Right. So heads, these little heads were moved around the house by unseen hands. Bottles were thrown around the room. And both them and their next door neighbours began to experience quite terrifying phenomena. So next door, that family, their young son had his hair pulled again by unseen hands. <laughs> and the mother of that family, her name was Nellie, she saw a strange goat man in the house. Yeah. So the heads had power. Can I just seek some clarification again? Because I think I've misunderstood this. So did okay. these kids who dug them up, where did they dig them up from? Yeah. Where were they? From the family's garden. They so they were, were in the garden. the garden? Yeah, yeah. because that's what I was thinking. I yeah. think it's a garden. So yeah. they dug them up from their own garden. So these, so they yes. were already there. Yes. And they've moved them a bit. <laughs> and now <laughs> there's a goat man now. <laughs> they... <laughs> yeah. they just, they've moved a bit. Yeah. Let, let's say kindly, at most 15 foot. <laughs> and now there's a goat man and people get their hair pulled. Yeah, I'm so glad you're following. Yes. Yeah. So let's just have a quick look back at Dr. Anne Ross. Yeah. So she's the one that really specialised in studying these heads and published on them. Yeah. Now she, for a time, had the heads in her possession while she studied them. Yeah. And they were in her house. I think you know what's happening. Um, what yeah, when you yes, have the I heads do. in your house? I do know what's happening. It's basically... They've not sent the right people to study this. They shouldn't have been sending people to study the heads. <laughs> they should have been sending people, like psychology people and psychiatrist people, to study the people that were saying this stuff was happening. The people who've seen this opportunity with two, don't forget, not human remains, not human remains, two carved heads. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but they were ancient. They were mysterious. Don't even Ooh. make sense, this. In, in canon, it... for, for ghosts and stuff... Doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Cursed artefacts. Yeah, They've right, been resting see. underground. They've been yeah. unearthed. Oh, all hell has broken loose. See? So, it all it all tracks. No, it doesn't track because a cursed <laughs> artefact would be yeah. it would have been going on all the time because it was in their garden. It was sleeping. What do you mean it was sleeping? <laughs> no, it was in their garden, wasn't it? That's yeah. why it's flawed. Yeah, a cursed but it was artifact. Just... Isn't I am cursing this book. I am cursing this book and put it in your house, but in a very specific place. It's got to be on the third shelf down. If it's not, it won't work. <laughs> <laughs> but like some it, some it, things it, are like dormant until they're unearthed. Nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> you can't keep shifting the goalposts like that. And well, I know just... I know by the way that you think the yeah. same as me. You think the same as me about this. <laughs> uh, this is an important story. So let's go back to Dr. Anne Ross. Right. In her house, she's got the little stone heads. Yeah. What does she see? Does she see a goat man? No, don't be stupid. She saw a wolf man leaving her bedroom. Half man, half wolf. Yeah. Unwelcome visitor. So didn't see the wolf man coming in? <laughs> no, just saw, him saw it leave and then exit. And disappeared in the kitchen. Why? Was that the only room you were allowed to smoke in? (laughs) (laughs) Her daughter saw a very similar creature leaping from the stairs when she'd come home from school one day. Yeah. And also in the Ross household, there were a lot of doors opening on their own. And like the sensation of being watched, like there was someone else in the room with you. 
And when the heads were removed from Ross's house, all phenomena stopped. Yeah. Now, it's worth saying, I think, that in, in around, like, 1904, there was, like, this big event where there was the, the Hexham wolf, which was a wolf that killed livestock and became this quite, this quite large local legend, this terrifying thing. But it was ultimately hit by a train. But there was the there was this kind of residual wolf business going on around Hexham and in the general area as well. There were other big wolf stories going on. Okay, so far, so terrifying. Am I right? You've got to have an identity. You know, all places have got to have an identity. And if you choose to go with big wolf running about, then fine. So, you know, they were, they were widely studied, widely published about, they were, you know, they were documented, they were put in these academic publications about Celtic artefacts. And they, it was national news. These Hexham heads made national papers quite a, quite a long time. Mm. But then a little while later, a local man called Desmond Craigie, who had lived in the same house that the Robsons lived in, where they found the heads. Yeah. He piped up and said that he had made the heads back in 1956 and he'd made three of them to amuse his daughter and they'd been out in the garden for years and he thought it was hilarious how now the national press and the academic press were so obsessed with these cursed heads. Now, he'd worked in a concrete business, so he knew his way around stone, so that would match up the some academics that then said that the heads had been, like, cast rather than carved. But he said that he used local stone and water to make the heads. So he was told to replicate them to prove his claim. Right. But these heads he made were subpar. (laughs) They didn't pass the test. Right. Case closed. (laughs) Bearing in mind, for anyone that's on my Patreon, a while ago, I recreated these heads out of potato. (laughs) Yeah, you did that at my house. You did uh, potato printing at my house. Oh, no, I did lino. I did a classier version at your house. Potato printing. And it was <laughs> the same thing, in it? I'm not being disparaging. That's a perfectly viable way of creating art for a four-year-old. So you, you, so you did that, and like you, you, you put it on my fridge. It's not there now, but you put it on my fridge. <laughs> and it, excuse me? It was, it was modern art. No, but I didn't know any of this about it being cursed and about... Why would you come to my house, do a potato print of cursed objects and put them on my it fridge? Was, it was not a potato print, it was lino. Well, whatever it, it is. It was lino and it was a beautiful that? rendering. I was in a different room doing I... proper art, but <laughs> we had an art afternoon after a recording. It really was lovely, but, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but um, why would you put that on my fridge? So I didn't know any about anything of that. Why have you put cursed objects well, on my fridge? Well, bearing in mind, I did actually carve them from potato, like, like fully carve them, and keep them in my own fridge for a bit. Yeah, I'm not bothered. So about both you our fridges—that's fridge. fine. You're allowed to do that. <laughs> but why have you come to my house and and because thinking it's... about it? You did three yeah. because you said to me, "Can you have some of my posh paper?" Which I foolishly let you have two sheets of it. And yeah, so you printed two sheets of posh paper. Yeah, the canvas stuff. I do my Etsy things on is the, yeah. the originals. And yeah. you did another one on cheap printer paper as well. Yeah, so you did fantastic. three. And as I recall, you left one in my art room 
Yeah. You left one on the stairs and you left yeah. one and you put one on the fridge. Yeah. Happy Christmas. No, doesn't that sound like <laughs> when you break it down like that, that sounds like quite methodical, doesn't it? That sounds like you've done it does. It's like objects a cell. And you've put them in like a pyramid, yeah. a triangle. <laughs> yeah. Where would the centre of that be in my house? Yeah, and in the centre I'll summon something. Yeah. So that would be probably the hall. The hall in my house would be roughly yeah. the centre of those three points. Yeah. So you like and I use Had any whole... spooky disappearances? No, recently? but I but I use the hall when I'm when I leave the house. So essentially, yeah. I've got to walk through the Cheryl yeah. Triangle <laughs> on yeah. my way into the real world. Isn't it a mystical experience? No, I'm going to have a proper look around my house in case you've left any of your bones and things here as well. Like it's, <laughs> you it's find really strange clippings sinister. in places. You, but this, I was really like, proud of them. The listener might think I'm exaggerating, and it hadn't really crossed my mind until now, because I didn't even know what they were. I was like, that's nice enough, what you've made there. But I didn't know what they were, but now I do know what they are. Yeah. And I, I'm not... None of this is untrue, what I'm saying. No, it isn't. It's really <laughs> you, true. You left them in three yeah. different spots in the house. Yeah. Well, they had to dry. Also, did you think I was going to keep that on my fridge? <laughs> I will be opening my Etsy shop very soon where everyone yeah. can get their yeah. own yeah. their own haunted potatoes. Yeah, make sure you've paid um, your house insurance first, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, these heads, spooky heads, the ones he recreated do still exist. And I think right. his son still has them now. Right. But the original heads were passed on to Southampton Uni where they were studied. This was in still in the 70s. And then they passed into the hands of, from what I understand, is some unnamed psychic. After Southampton Uni burnt down. (laughs) (laughs) And then they've just disappeared. No one knows where the hex and heads are. No one knows if they're in, like, someone's random collection, if their family has inherited them, doesn't know what they are. If they're still in yeah, Southampton Uni and an archive. Surely if there's any truth to any of this, you can just follow the trail of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> you can find them pretty quick, couldn't you? You're looking for a goat man. Yeah. <laughs> and a wolf And they'll be there man. or thereabouts. Yeah. They might be in the living room when he's in the bathroom, but... <laughs> <laughs> they've yeah. only got to be, like... They've got, they've got to be in the house. They can't be in the garden. That wouldn't work. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. No, garden's a safe space when it comes to haunted heads. But that, how that do is... things like that gather traction? How how does it, you said there was like lots of press and stuff? How does it gather traction? Like it does seem like you only need a you don't need a great story. It doesn't have to be great. It, it, like Route One, it appears is probably the best way of doing it. So well, if you just you'd... go, oh, they were in the garden. We found them in the garden. The kids found them in the garden, and when we brought them in the house, horrible things started happening. And then same for the neighbours as well. And that's all you've got really for your story. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I suppose if you just look at them as some boys dug up some amazing ancient artefacts, that in itself is a good news story. But you've got Yolado saying that he made them, so they're not ancient, are they? Well, no, but, you know, initially dug them up, some boys saying they found these ancient artefacts, that's very interesting. Suddenly you've got ghosty business going on, that's some more tabloid interest. Some bloke comes mm. forward, says, actually, I made them. There was three. One's gone missing. That's more tabloid space. So it, it just develops. It's layers on layers. And 
a lot of wasted academic time <laughs> if they're not real. Yeah, mm. has no one ever in the legend of all this zoned in on that third one? Has no one ever said, oh, well, the reason that the two heads are so upset and so disruptive is because they are searching, that they, they, they are aware that one of them is missing. <laughs> Maybe. Has no one ever gone down that path? Maybe there's still one in the flower bed. <laughs> God, that would be interesting. Yeah, has anyone checked? When he said he made three, did anyone go, oh, well, let's go and have a, another dig in the garden then? Where did you dig him up? Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, no, see, here it is. <laughs> oh, that's why they're upset, it's because we've took him away. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. that, that w- you know, someone will be able to do that one day, reunite the heads. No, no. has anybody done that? <laughs> I don't know. That should it's be like, the first thing you yeah. do, shouldn't it, surely? If someone says there's three, they should have gone straight back in the garden and started digging. Yeah. Are there reports of that, that they did that and couldn't find it? Well, I don't, not as far as I know. Just didn't do it. <laughs> well, I suppose if you've got your garden just as you like Because they it. knew full well, it was nonsense. <laughs> Quite happy taking a load of money from newspapers, but not happy doing a bit of elbow grease in the garden. <laughs> I'm not digging. I'm a millionaire now. <laughs> I have people to dig for me. Yeah, and the goat man's done the lawn lovely. The weird stories like that. Not in the mm. way that people say they're weird. They're, yeah. It's an odd... Like, like, do you find that intriguing as a story? Do you, do you actually find that intriguing? I do, Or is that yeah. like, oh, that's, that's a story to tell? No, does it capture I, your imagination? Yeah, I think it's really, really exciting. How something like that what can have so it? many different lives. As a story, you mean? So as in... As a story, yeah. See, sociologically, I'm interested in what happened there. Yes. That's interesting to me. But all the stuff about goat people and things going wrong in houses and all. I have mm. no interest in that at all. That's just nonsense. That's not... Well, isn't that interesting, though? If the families that were around the heads genuinely believe that they experienced these phenomena, so in their minds, this all happened. Well, I, I don't like, I don't know the details, but I'd argue that from the off, we know no details that they actually believed it. I would argue that, but yeah. I'd have to know the proper details or meet the people or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Like, I've met people who... Mm-hmm reported that they had paranormal things happen to them in yeah. fact good case in point i've met uh, two members of the same family who reported having paranormal stuff going on in their house mm-hmm. right and i would say i would i'm quite confident in terms of my conclusion with it one of them knew they were lying one of them thought they were telling the truth mm. kind of like a group like c- confidently yeah I would say that. Isn't that interesting then? It's kind of like a yeah. absorbed fake history. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think when it comes to, like, well, you know, for example, I've got a crying boy portrait on my stairs. Yeah. And I've had no problem. I've got a very large candle near it, so I really am testing that theory. Yeah. But I think it'd be interesting then if I so believed in the paranormal powers of the crying boy that my belief in it and my expectation for spooky goings-on sort of incited that, like, kind of caused it to happen. Like, expectation-causing phenomena. Being a bit more clumsy around your candles. Some kind of psycho psychokinesis, you know? Well, no, I I think I did that recently because I was on medication that I couldn't bang my head. It was very important for me to not bang my head. Yeah. Heavily stressed. If you bang your head, you've got to go to A&E. So all this way, and I was getting, and I was really consumed with this. I was like, well, I don't, I don't really bang my head. You know, <laughs> but, but the, suddenly it was like, this is of paramount importance now that I don't bang my head. 
Mm. And within like four days of taking that medication, yeah. And the listener might think, "Oh, did he bang his head?" No, I didn't. I hit my own head. Yeah. <laughs> with my own hand. Full force, smack yourself on the head. <laughs> yeah, I was playing PlayStation with my pal John, and he he just couldn't score a try. We were playing rugby, and he could. It was. It, I mean, th- that's a whole other story <laughs> because that what what he did was ridiculous. <laughs> I passed the ball inside to him, and all he had to do was point down. That's all he had to do, and he kicked it into the stand. And and at that moment, I slapped my own head, really like a face plant, is it called, or mm. face palm? Yeah. Really hard on my forehead, and which immediately just sparked an emergency at my house. It was like I've, yeah. I, I said, I've just hit myself in the head, and you know it, that was a long night because it was late yes. at night when it happened. But with passage of time, it was a few weeks ago that, and I've thought about it and thought that that there's a plausible argument with my well-renowned self-destructive streak as well. It's a plausible argument that I subconsciously hit my own head. <laughs> yeah. On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's well, the subconscious and, and unconscious movement as well have a lot to a lot to account for, really. Yeah. In in yeah. matters of both the paranormal and of sudden violence towards yourself. Yeah, I had to hit myself or I'd have hit him. I mean, re- honestly, it was. It'd have been if it was real life. It'd have been. It'd have never played for that team again. <laughs> it was. It wasn't even a schoolboy error. It was like you. You've no business being on the pitch. <laughs> so that's my conclusion to the story of the Hexham heads that John Williams shouldn't be playing PlayStation or Billy. <laughs> well, I'm glad we've rounded that off. Oh, I'm an old hand at podcast, mate. Oh, I know. Truly gifted. <laughs> Well, that was Loopholes episode 31. You sound deflated. Sorry, I'm not. Are you deflated? I'm, I'm gutted that you're not a fan of my artwork. It's fine. Just Oh, is that... That's what it is. Can, what? Was it that, that art? How weird is that? picture on your fridge. How weird is this? Right, can you, you can that, see me now, right? Yeah. I genuinely just turned that way. <laughs> and it's there next to me. Dun, dun, dun. That's the one that was on the fridge. Oh, now that's I now spooky. I am. I will say I am in the middle of a big tidy of the house, and I put loads of stuff up here just in a pile that I'm going to put away. So obviously I've gone put that away. <laughs> <laughs> Your portrait of the Hexham heads, but that is odd, isn't it? That just there, maybe yeah. subconsciously again, maybe a bit subconsciously. Yeah. I don't know if that'll translate audio-wise, but that genuinely happened. Yeah, that was, I turned that was... my head, and they were on the shelf next to me. <laughs> They're everywhere. They're reproducing. Yeah. They've, got, they've yeah. got me completely surrounded in my house. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> no point telling them how to contact us. I'll be dead by this time next week. Yeah, well, you know, if you fancy chatting to me or the goat man that will inevitably replace Ian, then you can yeah. contact us by many different means. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Ian Boldsworth, at patreon.com forward slash burials and beyond, on Facebook at Loopholes Podcast, on Instagram at Loopholes Pod, on Twitter at loopholespod, and you can send us an email at loopholespodcast at gmail.com. So thank you very much for listening. I've been Kate Cheryl. I'm the doomed Ian Bowlesworth. And we'll speak to you next week. Just Kate. Just Kate. Won't be me. I'll speak to you next week. All right. Bye. Loopholes is an infinite hermit production in association with Burials and Beyond, with Kate Cheryl and Ian Bowlesworth. Music by Thomas Thunderay. Produced by Ian Bolsworth.